What's going on, everybody? How you doing? Welcome back to the show. You know what time it is. It's time for another episode, a brand new episode of the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. I am Andrew for America, and people today, <laughs> do I have a show for you. I'm going to entitle this episode, Truth Bombs, because I got a bunch of clips and um, maybe not stories, but short stories, I suppose. Uh, This is going to be kind of a um, not super consistent show as far as topics and themes, but Everything I'm going to talk about in this episode today does have one thing in common. I would consider it, my fellow Americans, a truth bomb. (laughs) Ah. And I'm going to start today with a clip from Senator Rand Paul speaking to uh, Mayorkas. I talked about in the last episode, and I'll get into this clip a little bit more after I play it for you, but people, (laughs) I could not have said it better myself. Listen to Rand Paul discuss this new ministry of truth. (laughs) What a fucking joke. Listen to Rand Paul talk to my orchestra right here, people. And if you don't stand up and applaud, I don't know what's wrong with you. After you hear this, here we go. I think you've got no idea what disinformation is, and I don't think the government's capable of it. Do you know who the greatest propagator of disinformation in the history of the world is? The U.S. government. Are you familiar with McNamara, the Pentagon Papers? Are you familiar with George W. Bush and the weapons of mass destruction? Are you familiar with Iran-Contra? I mean, think of all the debates and disputes we've had over the last 50 years in our country. We work them out by debating them. We don't work them out by the government being the arbiter. I don't want guardrails. I want you to have nothing to do with speech. You think we can't determine, you know, speech by traffickers is disinformation? You think the American people are so stupid they need you to tell them what the truth is? You can't even admit what the truth is with a steel dossier. I don't trust government to figure out what the truth is. Rand Paul, you and your father, Ron Paul, man, that's why you guys were the only real ones, in the words of Dave Smith. Because, I mean, Ron Paul was right about everything he ever spoke about while he served in our government, people. Fact. You don't believe that? Go do some research. He called all the shit. There, there are others, don't get me wrong. But Rand Paul, I mean, people, you can agree with, you can disagree with his politics, uh, but I don't understand. I don't understand how people can't listen to truth and like, and run in the opposite direction as if it's not truth. And we're getting to a point now where, I mean, we were already so blinded and lulled to sleep with media 
I mean, government did such a good job of hiding their crony capitalist relationships with big business for many, many years, all the way back to, you know, Reagan. A lot of people make the argument that it all started with trickle-down economics, which isn't a real thing. Uh, But uh, what occurred uh, under his tax cuts and under his watch of the consolidation of wealth uh, at the top, uh, that that is on Reagan. And that is a lot of the left's criticism of Reagan. Um, but anyway, that put that aside. The reason why I brought that up, I think, is because I have it in my mind. I, I, you remember in a uh, previous podcast, I told you guys I, or I played that um, show from uh, While the Rest of Us Die. Um, based on the book or inspired by that book, Raven Rock, uh, by Garrett Graff. It's airing on Vice News or Vice TV right now. Uh, they had an episode, one of them was called, uh, The Game is Rigged. And they talk about the, uh, uh, demise of the city of Detroit and how the rich and powerful have manipulated markets and, uh, put all their money in offshore accounts so, and you know, that's both Republicans and Democrats, people. Like, if if all you people on the left just, if your criticism of the right or and or libertarians uh, is that we're just a bunch of, you know, we just want to take everyone's money and make everybody slaves and, you know, all the criticism that you get, that's not really true. People on the left are equally going to the bank, robbing the people, lying to their constituents. You lefties, if you think that your left-wing Democrat politicians are any better than Republicans when it comes to hiding money and stealing money and siphoning off money and creating Ponzi schemes for themselves, and are you fucking kidding me? You're better than that, people. You're smarter than that. It's not about left-right anymore. It's the 21st century. It's about authoritarianism and liberty. We are already slaves, in my humble opinion, and it's only going to get worse if you people don't get smart and wake up and stop bitching and complaining. Get off your fat ass and do some work and go learn things. Understand things so that maybe the future can be just a little bit brighter. Wouldn't you think? Don't you think? And, you know, speaking of libertarianism, I got another truth bomb quote I want to share with you. The man himself, libertarian Tupac Dave Smith, has a fantastic definition of what libertarianism means to him here in the 21st century. And I agree completely with what he is about to tell you. Take a listen to this. This country is on a suicide mission because of our military-industrial complex bleeding our treasury dry, destroying our currency, locking up all of our uh, people more than any other country in the world, the national security apparatus, the national spying apparatus. These are all of the things that we've opposed for decades and have largely been right about all of it. That's, to me, what libertarianism is all about. People, we libertarians, and, you know, I'm going to call myself an independent, but I'm a liberty-minded independent. There are some things I'm conservative about. There are some things I'm liberal about. But I call myself a libertarian once again because I'm gaining respect for the people that are taking control of the ideas and the party, first of all. 
having a little bit more faith in that now. And because we have a irrefutable <laughs> we have an irrefutable world view that it is irrefutable and correct. <laughs> That's another Dave Smith ism. Dave Smith should run for the president of the United States of America, in my humble opinion. But, you know, it's just one man's opinion, I suppose. Um, I'm going to play this clip for you again, people. Truer words were never spoken in such a short period of time. Once again, my fellow Americans, put this clip in your pipe and smoke it. Here's another truth bomb <laughs> from Dave Smith. This country is on a suicide mission because of our military industrial complex, bleeding our treasury dry, destroying our currency, locking up all of our uh, people more than any other country in the world. The national security apparatus, the national spying apparatus, these are all of the things that we've opposed for decades and have largely been right about all of it. And that's to me what libertarianism is all about. Dave Smith, good sir, I could not have said that better myself. The national security state, he mentioned in there. That, that makes me think about that guy, Mayorkas. I told you guys I was going to talk a little bit more about that Rand Paul clip when he was talking to, uh, here we go, let me give you his official title, Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas who is a Cuban-American government official and attorney who has served as the 7th United States Secretary of Homeland Security. Since February 2, 2021, during the Obama administration, he also served as the Department of Homeland Security uh, in the uh, DHS, first as Director of United States Citizenship and Immigration Services, and then as Deputy Secretary of DHS. And Mr. Mayorkas is having a very difficult difficult week <laughs> trying to defend the need for the ministry of truth and it has been laughable at best Rand paul called him out uh thomas massey's been talking about it any liberty-minded uh member of our government with a brain in their head still connected and rooted in reality uh is looking at this tulsi gabbard already brought her up everybody see it where people are getting smart people are, are getting they're just getting better, and I love it. We need more of it, people. We need more Ram Pauls. We need more Ron Pauls. We need more Thomas Masseys. We need more people that are aware of the realities of this world and realize that the left-right left -right paradigm, it's dying. It has to be dying because it is the cause of the majority of our problems. What we allow is what will continue. Our ignorance is their strength. And all of that is by design. And it has been since the dawn of time, seemingly. <laughs> so Mayorkas is trying to defend the Ministry of Truth to Rand Paul. And uh, some people are calling for him to resign. <laughs> uh, one of the reasons why people want him to resign is because he made a comment that he didn't know 
that this new woman that they have chosen to head this ministry of truth, uh, what's her name, Nina Jankowitz? Boy, people, go take a look at this chick, dude. Oh, my God. Apparently, she was quoted as saying, who do I got to fuck to get to the top of power or success or something? I butchered that quote, but like... Basically, she said, who do I got to fuck to get to the top? And uh, I'm pretty sure somebody, um, who did I see brought that up uh, on the House of Representatives floor uh, from Colorado? What's her name? Uh, Bobbert, I think is her name. She blew, she blew this chick up on, on uh, the House floor. <laughs> it's Dude, it's bizarre world out there, people. Go look up this Nina Jankowitz person. And look at what she's been saying about what she wants to do with Twitter. And what, you know, look at her history. Where she come from? Why is she qualified? Is she qualified? How did she get there? Whose dick did she suck to become the head of Biden's Ministry of Truth? (laughs) People, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. It's bananas what is happening in this country. We are all victims of the propaganda mainstream media machine. Victims. And that's why a lot of you are thirsty for something new, an alternative. And I thank you for being here. I and many like me are trying to provide you with the alternative. And the future is looking bright, my fellow Americans. We are all going to help get you to the promised land. And even though sometimes a lot of the conspiratorial podcasters out there can become a bit of an echo chamber, it seems seems like a lot of us are talking about the same issues. But you know what? That's a good thing. Because the more people that are talking about it, it's it's like you're mind controlling yourselves. You're hijacking uh, control. And you're, and you're filling your brain with content that is actually going to benefit you and others. And even the whole. I would venture a guess if enough people woke up and got with the program. But I digress. Uh, I got a quote. I got a, or not a quote. I got a little clip I want to play from this uh, Nina uh, uh, Jankowitz lady. <laughs> Oh boy, people. I mean, I'm speechless. I'm speechless. This woman is probably the craziest sounding female I have ever heard speak in an official government role in my life. And you know what? Actually, no, here, I'm just going to play the clip. Take a listen to this. I'm talking about the deep state and things like that, which is a a thread among conspiracy communities here in the United States, that there is this secret cabal here in Washington working to undermine the American people. It couldn't be farther from the truth as someone who works with and around public servants every day. It couldn't be further from the truth, people. What else are they going to say? Are they going to admit it? (laughs) What do you think the new Ministry of Truth is for, people? (laughs) Oh, man. You know know what's going to happen? Twitter uh, is going to become, you know, 4chan, probably, basically. 
if it really is a free speech platform. Uh, and the government ministry of truth is going to be in constant conflict. It's literally going to be Elon Musk and his social media platform versus the United States federal government. You don't think there's any symbiotic behind-the-scenes relationships there? He's one of the top, you know, whatever, what, three, five richest people in the world? He's probably funding campaigns. Like, are you fucking kidding me, people? This shit is all a show. It's theater. It's Wag the Dog. It's V for Vendetta, people. This is the inevitable future. Network. The movie network. Demolition Man. (laughs) Does art imitate life or does life imitate art? It is a crazy time to be alive. And this Nina Jankowitz, man, she's got some Amber Heard vibes, people. (laughs) Oh, boy. Okay, let's take a break. I'm going to go hit this Anchor commercial, and I'll be back in a sec with some more truth bombs for you here on the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. Everybody, welcome back to the show. Um, before I move on, I just had a thought that I really liked. And I feel like I kind of really believe in it. And I want to share it with you right now. If you are a living paycheck to paycheck No retirement saved. Not sure if you're going to get any Social Security when the day comes that you uh, should retire or do retire. If you make less than $100,000 a year, but you have a shitload of debt, um, I don't understand how you could be a Republican or a Democrat anymore. I feel like being a libertarian and libertarianism should be the philosophy of the people and not of the people at the top, like the Koch brothers. Remember when the Koch brothers, two of the richest fucks in the world at the time, and probably still, who knows, Try to say that they're, oh, we're right of Republicans and we're libertarians. It's like, nah, dude. (laughs) Nah, dude. No, 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 no. The big club is the two-party system. All Democrats and all Republicans are big club. Period. Libertarians can't even get on the ballot. We can't even get into a debate. We don't have the funding. Nobody cares. And yet we keep striving and fighting. Because we're right. (laughs) 
Okay, okay, that's just my opinion. I suppose. But it is a vel- it is a very well-researched, very well-educated opinion. And many uh, agree with me. Like it or not. So I just want to make that statement before I move on. If you're a poor person in the 21st century, it's because of Republicans and Democrats. So if you still identify yourself as one of the two establishment parties, I don't know what you are seeing. I'm not seeing what you're seeing. And I feel like this is a perfect time to play once again one of my favorite comedy bits by Lewis Black. He has an awesome, hilarious comedy bit about Republicans and Democrats that I feel is necessary for me to throw into the show right now. So here we go. Take a listen to Lewis Black on Republicans and Democrats. We have a two-party system. The Democratic Party, which is a party of no ideas. And the Republican Party, which is a party of bad ideas. And the way it works is the Republican stands up in Congress and goes, I got a really bad idea. And the Democrat says, and I can make it shittier. I find it astonishing that anyone is still a loyal Democrat or a loyal Republican. What are you basing this on? How is it possible? What is it that you see? I don't see what you're seeing. What is it that the Democrats or the Republicans have done for any of you in the past 30 years that has made any difference in your life? And yet, people hang in, which makes me wonder, what the fuck? I believe you're delusional. I believe you're seeing something that isn't there. And we call that hallucinating. And I know about hallucinations because I took LSD when I was young just to prepare me for this moment in time. I saw my refrigerator turn into a puma and run away. And I tracked that son of a bitch for three days, mostly wondering, what am I going to tell my parents? And when I finally caught up with it in the middle of the woods and I was cutting open its stomach in order to get a beer out, As crazy as I was at that point, I was less crazy than anybody in this room who's still a Democrat or a Republican. (laughs) Oh, man. Once again, people, I couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, Let's move on. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the pandemic COVID-19, Fauci, mask up, yada, 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 et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? Um, I want to start uh, by playing a clip for you 
by a guy named, I think it's Joe List is his name. And he has a hilarious clip about how throughout the pandemic, whoever was in his surroundings, if they were pro-vax, anti-vax, or pro-mask, anti-mask, a mask, rather, um, he pretty much just like said, agreed with the people that were around him just to not cause conflict. I mean, the brainwashing is so effective, people. It's just gross. Uh, and I'm going to blow your mind here in a minute if you haven't already heard this stuff I'm about to tell you uh, here in the aftermath of the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, I got a couple of very eye-opening, surprising clips for you. But let's start off with something light, light-hearted and funny. Here's Joe List, stand-up comedian, talking about masking or not masking. <laughs> during the pandemic. Here we go. Masks in the crowd, maybe a couple, no? I support, either whatever you guys do, I support it. That's my mask stance. That was my mask stance all the way through. Whatever people did, I would just do whatever the people around me were doing and then I would make fun of the other group of people. That's how I handle things. I meet up with friends, they have masks on, I'd wear my mask, I'm like, I saw some alt-right fucking assholes with no masks. I'm not a meal, my other friends, they're not wearing masks, so I wouldn't wear mine. I'm like, I saw some cuck liberal sheep over there with their masks. Believe these pussies? I just want everyone to like me. That's my stance on everything. Israel, abortion, whatever you guys think, I think the exact same thing. I agree with all of you individually. You're all correct. I got vaccinated. Unless you didn't, then I didn't either. Stupid idiots. They'll be dead in no time. <laughs> oh, man, I love that guy. That is so hilarious. And it's so true. <laughs> I just want to be liked by everybody. I'm just a little coward, American. I know. I know it's hard. We can't all be strong and courageous. I understand. But I definitely suggest we all strive to be more of that because <laughs> you are being taken advantage of. Uh, I want to play a clip from Dr. Anthony Fauci. Remember when he said that getting vaccinated is more protection against the virus than having natural immunity? Or maybe he never actually made that statement, but he never admitted that that is a true statement throughout the course of the pandemic. So here's a clip from him on some news show back in the day. It might have been during the AIDS uh, epidemic, pandemic, whatever. Epidemic? I don't know what the difference is, really. Epidemic, probably less of a big deal than a pandemic, I would imagine. I'll go look it up educate myself but here take a listen to fauci uh, but she's had the flu for 14 days should she get a flu shot well no if she got the flu for 14 days she's as protected as anybody can be because the best vaccination is to get infected yourself and so she if, not she get it? if she really has the flu if she really has the flu she definitely doesn't need a flu vaccine Next, if she really has the flu. She right. should not get it again. No, she doesn't need it because the, it, it's, the be, it's the most potent vaccination is getting infected yourself. People, 
When throughout the course of the COVID-19 pandemic did you hear Anthony Fauci get on national television and tell you, the American people, that the best vaccination is getting infected yourself? And I guess it wasn't AIDS, he was talking about flu. But same difference, people. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Listen to this again. Uh, but she's had the flu for 14 days. Should she get a flu shot? Well, no. If she got the flu for 14 days, she's as protected as anybody can be. Because the best vaccination is to get infected yourself. And so she should if not she get re- it? If she really has the flu, if she really has the flu, she definitely doesn't need a flu vaccine. Next, if she really has the flu. She right. should not get it again. No, she doesn't need it. Because the, it, it's, the be- it's the most potent vaccination is getting infected yourself. I mean, people, a lot of us told you, you're going to be disappointed when you see what stories with regard to the realities of COVID-19 were real and what were was fantasy. I told you, many like me told you, you're going to be disappointed when you know the truth. And a lot of you didn't believe a word we were trying to tell you while we were in the midst of it because you deferred to everything your mainstream media news networks told you. You listened to Trump. You listened to Biden. You listened to Fauci. You listened to Burks. You listened to whoever. And guess what? They lied to you. Like they always do. And still, so many of you, my fellow Americans, hang in there. And just like Lewis Black said, it makes me wonder, what the fuck are you looking at? I am not seeing what you are seeing. I think you you are delusional, naive, gullible, ignorant. We got to get better than that, people. And if you want further proof, (laughs) oh boy. Take a listen to this clip. I'm going to talk about this clip afterwards. And uh, you're not going to like this, people. You thought that that uh, COVID-19 vaccine was just about the was just about preventing COVID? You don't think it wasn't gene therapy, mRNA technology? Robert Malone told you be careful of this. Here's the executive here's an executive at Bayer. Stefan Ulrich telling you that they would have never been able to vaccinate so many people and get the Intel gene therapy that they need or the Intel on the gene therapy that is what is in those vaccines. It's gene therapy. It's affecting your DNA and your cells. They say that it didn't, but here's the one of the heads at Bayer saying that We never would have been able to do it without the COVID-19 pandemic. This is basically another admission of guilt. We told you people. And it's not our fault you didn't listen. Take a listen to this. Uh, We're really taking that leap, uh, us as a company, Bayer, in salad gene therapy, which to me is one of these examples where really we're going to make a difference, hopefully, uh, moving forward. There's some, uh, ultimately, the uh, the mRNA vaccines uh, are an example for that uh, cell and gene therapy. I always like to say, if we had surveyed two years ago, 
uh, in the public, would you be willing to take a, a gene, th gene or cell therapy and inject it into your body? We would have probably had a 95% refusal rate. I think uh, this pandemic has also opened many people's eyes to, to innovation in the way that uh, was maybe not possible before. People, if I've said it once, I've said it a million times. Don't take my word for the things that I am telling you on my podcast. I'm not telling you what to think. I'm not telling you what to believe. I'm just providing you with information. And I've said it before. It's up to you, the listener, to accept or reject that information. But I'm going to play this clip for you again. And if you didn't fully understand or listen or hear what this man just got done telling you, grab a beverage. You might want to sit down. might want to strap on your seatbelt. And pay very, very close attention to what Mr. Stefan Ulrich of the company Bayer is telling you right here. Here we go. Uh, we're really taking that leap, uh, us as a company, Bayer, uh, in cell and gene therapy, which to me is one of these examples where really we're going to make a difference, hopefully, uh, moving forward. There's some, uh, ultimately, the, uh, the mRNA vaccines uh, are an example for that uh, cell and gene therapy. I always like to say, if we had surveyed two years ago uh, in the public, would you be willing to take a, a gene th gene or cell therapy and inject it into your body, we would have probably had a 95% refusal rate. I think uh, this pandemic has also opened many people's eyes to, to innovation in the way that uh, was maybe not possible before. People, that was Mr. Stefan Ulrich of company Bayer uh, at the World Health Summit, October 2021. The mRNA vaccines are an example for that cell and gene therapy that he was talking about. If we had surveyed people, would uh, they have been willing to take gene or cell therapy and inject it into their body? They probably would have had a 95% refusal rate. So I'm sure they colluded and conspired with Mr. Bill Gates. And figured it out, right? They forced it upon you. You were guinea pigs. Myself included. My fellow Americans, we fell for it. What's really coursing through our veins right now? We vaccinated all took a leap of faith. We were courageous, I guess you could say. Or we were fucking stupid, one or the other. I don't know. I'm feeling pretty fucking stupid right now, to be honest with you. I was heavily, heavily influenced to get that vaccine. And because, from my military experience, I have had countless shots and inoculations in my day, I thought, fuck it, I'll just get it. You know, whatever. I have faith. I have trust. Now I might drop dead in the next 10, 15 years. Who knows? Was it intended for population control? And if it wasn't intended for it, but it was a side effect, maybe they went, eh, fuck it, who cares? 
we're trying to depopulate this planet a little bit as it is anyway. So it's boom, two birds with one stone, right? We get a we get a gigantic sample size for our uh, research and development for future pharmaceutical bullshit, right? Thanks, slave, citizen, peasant, plebe, prole, Americans. Appreciate it. Freedom's going away, people. Individual sovereignty is going away. Klaus Schwab told you you're going to own nothing and you're going to enjoy it and we'll fucking see about that bullshit, people. You better wake up. You better start paying attention to this stuff, people. You know why? Because it ain't going away. It really ain't going away, people. Take a listen to this. Bill Gates and uh, Tedros of the World Health Organization have a new revised agreement, apparently, that aims to give Bill Gates and uh, Gavi, the company Gavi, de facto pandemic and surveillance governing power over all 198 member states. And allegedly this is as of May 8th, 2022. Remember in a previous podcast of mine, there's something about Billy. I played you that long clip of that meeting that those people were having, that Zoom meeting that all used to work at the WHO, scientists, whistleblowers, talking about Plotkin and Tedros and Bill Gates colluding and conspiring, trying to let Bill Gates become Uh, You know, buy his way into being a member state, one man, a member state out of the 198 member states governed by the World Health Organization. Now Bill Gates has de facto, and Gavi, have de facto pandemic and surveillance governing power over all 198 member states. And if you don't believe me, that's fine. Go look it up. Don't take my word for it, people. And I want to read this this Aldous Huxley quote once again on the show because it just steams up perfectly. And I just want to keep repetition reminding you, jamming this stuff down your throat so you don't forget and it's always in your head when you think about this stuff. Aldous Huxley, quote, The perfect dictatorship would have the appearance of democracy, but would basically be a prison without walls in which the prisoners would not even dream of escaping. It would essentially be a system of slavery where through consumption and entertainment, the slaves would love their servitude, unquote. How different than modern-day 21st century real life. Is it... From this quote. How different is this quote from the reality that we are all living in right now? I would venture uh, the guess. Not, Not too much. 
<laughs> Not too much different. Orwell was a prophet, people. Huxley was a prophet. And people, never forget the Milgram experiment. Never forget that it is scientifically proven that two out of three people will shock you to death if the quote-unquote authority figures told them it was for a good cause. Go look up the Milgram experiment. I've been over it on this show before. People, if you think you need a leader or a religion, then you are not conscious. Being conscious means that you are capable of thinking independently and no longer need to be guided. Conscious people don't need to be told what to believe because their logic and reason allows them the ability to use their own minds. Recently, Thomas Massey was on Fox uh, Business with Kennedy, and he made a very uh, interesting statement that I could not agree with more. He said that I'm worried that the military-industrial complex doesn't want an end to the Ukraine conflict. He said this on May 11th. Otherwise, they wouldn't have just approved a $40 billion aid bill to Ukraine. People, they want to escalate the world into conflict. They want perpetual war. They want Orwell's hell, a terror era, coming through. But this little brother... Is watching you too. People, we all need to be the little brother that's watching Big Brother, paying attention to what Big Brother is doing. What a world, people. What a country. Who would have thunk? That history would have led us here. Uh, I'm going to share this real quick in closing for the day. Um, reminds me of Henry Kissinger, uh, Davy Jones, uh, ha uh, Twitter handle KWAGULAR. K.W. Aguilar <laughs> posted this. Pfizer says, do not breastfeed. And then baby formula runs scarce. And then Bill Gates, coincidentally, or not so much, promotes new artificial breast milk technology. <laughs> and all of this happened within two weeks period of time. Bill Gates is buying up all the farms. 
He's going to have governmental surveillance power over the 198 member states of the World Health Organization. People, I've told you a million times, it's coming. Thank you so much for listening, people. And uh, I'm going to leave you with this. This is an awesome clip that uh, singer Barry White uh, was interviewed back in 1983. And he was asked about what the future holds. And his answer is quite interesting. Take a listen to Barry White talking about the future of technology in the year 1983. Here we go. What's coming there? Technology. See, what we see today is just the taking off of it. It's still coming. Technology is going to replace human beings. Unless you know how to, con- to program a computer or how to fix one, you're going to be in trouble in that area. Uh, in our industry, the industry has changed. Studios going out of business every day in Hollywood because technology has taken it from the big studio to a little space. Um, something new is happening in the 80s just for you, but you can't get lazy. All you do is just make up your mind that you're going to do something. The key to life is your attitude. Make sure you're doing what you want to do. You know how many people go to college for four or five years and get out and never do or use what they went to college for? (laughs) Yeah, Barry White, I'm one of them. I went to college and got a sociology bachelor's degree, and I sure as shit ain't using that, aside from, you know, this podcast. I'm not getting paid to be a sociologist by any means. (laughs) That's for sure. And uh, I got another truth bomb for you. And this is what's happening. This is about what's something that's happening in the recent news. Um, You've been seeing uh, a lot of protesting outside of Supreme Court Justice Samuel Alito's house. Uh, A lot of people that are pro-abortion or um, anti-government deciding what uh, women can do with their own bodies, etc. Seems like violence is escalating a little bit. And uh, it's ignorant behavior. Emotional, immature behavior. Because here's the reality. Remember when I told you about that, uh, when I played that Bongino clip from you in a previous show? Where he said, you know, this bill or this uh, decision by the Supreme Court doesn't make abortion illegal. All it does is give the power back to the states. States' rights. Take the power out of the hands of the federal government. People, we should be doing that with so much more stuff. So much more. The idea was that we we could work out in the states... You know, the states could decide what they wanted. And if you don't like the way that your state operates and you want to move to a different state that has different taxes, different values, different beliefs, different economic opportunities, etc., then you could just move there and live in a state that supports who you are and what you believe in and how you want to live your life. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with 
we the people taking our power back and making decisions at the state level and taking that power out of the hands of the federal omnipotent overlord government. Truth bomb. You protesting pro-abortion people outside being dipshits protesting in front of Justice Alito's house and others. Guess what? You're not protesting the making of abortion to be illegal. You're protesting your own power. You're protesting giving the states their opportunity, the opportunity to decide how they want to deal with the abortion issue. The federal government is returning power to the states, something they almost never do. And you're bitching and crying and whining and complaining about it. You know why? Because you're not educated enough. You don't know what you're talking about. You are just overreacting being an emotional, little, immature, petulant child, like I always talk about, you got to walk away from the progressive left, people. It's a cult. And I know that some, some of those on the right could be labeled as a cult too, I suppose. Nancy Pelosi does it all the time. Take back the, take back your, Republican Party, you you sane Republicans, because you people are becoming a cult. Yeah, that's a way to flip the script. Inversion, right, Nancy? You think the woke left is less than or more of a cult than the people on the right right now? <laughs> you want to put it to a vote? I bet the overwhelming majority of Americans would say that the woke left is a cult. And there are a lot of rhinos in the Republican Party that might as well be Democrats. So what are you talking about, Nancy Pelosi? (laughs) You senile old bag. (laughs) Oh, boy. Um, There's a little bit more I want to talk about today before I go, now that I think about it. I changed my mind. So recently, I was watching, I can't remember what news network it was. I want to say it was MSNBC, but I could be wrong about that. Um, I noticed a very good example of everything I've ever talked about on this show. And... I can't remember what news network that this came from, but I'm just going to give you the overview. So they were talking about the war in Ukraine, and they repeatedly were playing the same clip of this video game-like shot of some bomber blowing up this docked ship. And they just kept repeating it while they were going over their coverage of it. Just planting that seed in your mind that, ooh, it's really, you know, privatizing the war, putting it on the TV screen for all to see, just like they did during uh, the Persian Gulf Wars, desensitizing you. And then they played these clips of children running that, who knows, could have been crisis actors. It might not even have been a clip of what's going on in Ukraine. They just kept repeatedly play, playing this these clips of these children running down the street with, like, smoke in the air. Could have been a, it could have been a movie set that you were witnessing. You don't know where this is really coming from, these clips. 
that the mainstream media plays for you. And then after the children were running, they cut to Jill Biden uh, with a bunch of children at schools. So what's the, what's the, what's the message? Bad things are going on in Ukraine. Russians are assholes. Look, they're bombing people. Children are running for their lives. And here's the benevolent savior. Here's Jill Biden in a room with all these children, taking questions, patting heads and rubbing backs and telling the children it's going to be okay at the schools. I mean, are they priming her for a run at the presidency? Is she taking over for for old Joe when he completely loses it? (laughs) And then they change the coverage to talking about Afghanistan and how the the new Taliban government there is making the women all wear burqas again and they're all going back to traditional Muslim values and which probably means significant male domination and women are going to be living in subjugation again. And that fell at the feet of Joe Biden, but they sure didn't sell it to you that way. Oh, no, no. So they start talking about all this stuff, all the horrors that are going on in the world. And actually, I think this was from Meet the Press. I'm going to go find the clip for you. But then this is what they add. After all of that setup, then they roll out Mr. Jim Tayclet. Lockheed Martin representative. I don't know if he was the CEO or who he is. But he comes on Meet the Press. I think it was Meet the Press. I'm going to go get the clip for you here in a minute. And after they show you the video game footage of the bomb blowing up the dock ship, then they cut to children running away. Then they cut to the Savior Jill Biden telling everyone it's going to be okay. And oh, by the way, these e- there's other evil people in the world in Afghanistan making subjugating women. And that's just planting the seed of, oh, You know, the abortion things going on in the United States now. Oh, by the way, look at what's happening in Afghanistan. Women are being subjugated. But the average American viewer isn't putting together that that was probably majority Joe Biden's fault. (laughs) I'm sure they could have found a better way to sell their bullshit to you. But then they followed up with, okay, well, the United States needs some more funding to go fight this battle against these evildoers. Russia, the evildoers. So we need our American military industrial complex companies like Raytheon and, in the specific case, Lockheed Martin to ramp up production. They're selling you another war through the mainstream media people. Take a listen to Mr. Jim Taclet of Lockheed Martin. We now turn to Jim Takelet, the CEO of defense giant Lockheed Martin, which makes some of the weapons the U.S. is sending to Ukraine in its fight against Russia. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning, Margaret. Uh, Happy Mother's Day to you. uh, Thank you very much for saying that. We hear time and again one of the most powerful tools the Ukrainians have are these um, anti-tank Russian tank-busting missiles known as javelins. That's what your company jointly produces with Raytheon. How quickly can you scale up production to get more to them and to backfill what the U.S. has given up? Sure, Margaret. Well, the president visited us in Troy, Alabama to thank the workforce earlier this week. And we really appreciate what he's 
done for us. Uh, we are therefore on our side uh, accelerating our investment in that factory and in our workforce there. So we're already investing ahead of time uh, to uh, buy tooling, to expand the plant, and also support our suppliers to get ready to ramp up production. So right now our capacity is 2,100 Javelin missiles per year. Uh, we're endeavoring to take that up to 4,000 per year. Uh, and that will take a, a number of months, maybe even a couple of years to get there because we have to get our supply chain to, to, to also crank up as we do. So mm -hmm. we think we can almost double the capacity in a reasonable amount of time. Raytheon had said a different system, the Stingers, they couldn't even get going on ramping that up till 2023. But you can start when exactly? Uh, we're starting now to ramp it up because we have an active production line right now that the president saw. Uh, and also, we've got a supply chain that's active as, in addition to that, so we can start turning up the heat now and, and ramping the production immediately because of those circumstances. You said, um, well, you implied, you're, you're basically doing it on spec, right? Uh, that's right? You're anticipating that order is mm -hmm. going to come through from the U.S. government. But you're a business person. You have to plan ahead. We don't know how long this war is going to last. Uh, CIA says, you know, Vladimir Putin thinks he's got to double down here. So how long are you planning for with this ramp up? Well, we're planning for the long run and not just in the javelin, because this situation, the Ukraine conflict, has highlighted a couple of really important things for us. One is that we need to have superior systems in large enough numbers. So like javelins, stingers, advanced cruise missiles. Uh, equipment like that. So we know there's going to be increased demand for those kinds of systems Throughout from the Europe. U.S. Or, okay. and for our allies as well and beyond into uh, Asia Pacific most likely too. The second really valuable lesson was control of the airspace is really critical. So the Ukrainians are managing to control their airspace. The Russian Air Force doesn't have free reign over the entire country. Um, and the reason that they don't is because the Ukrainians can still fly their aircraft and they also have a pretty effective integrated air and missile defense system. So products and systems like F-16, F-35, uh, Patriot missiles, THAAD missiles, we know that there's going to be increased demand for those kinds of uh, equipment too, because the threat between Russia and China is just going to increase even after the Ukraine war. Uh, we hope is over soon. Those two nations and regionally Iran and North Korea are not going to get less active. Probably they're going to get more active. Mm -hmm. So we, we, we want to make sure we can, can supply our allies and our country what they need to defend so, against. So that. what do you need to do that? Because you did say supply chain's an issue. I read right. that there's over, what, 250 microchips or semiconductors mm -hmm. in each javelin. That's right. Uh, we know there's an effort in Congress to get legislation to try to create more semiconductors here instead of relying on Asian suppliers. Mm -hmm. um, can you do this scale up without that kind of legislation? It will be extremely helpful to have the Bipartisan Innovation Act passed, for example, because we do need to invest more in the infrastructure uh, in the U.S. so we have domestic supply, especially in microprocessors. And so our production line can run today, but in the future, we're going to need more domestic capability and microprocessor uh, not only design, but manufacturing, testing, et cetera, so that we have assured supply of those microprocessors in the future. And there'll be other in inputs too, but that's one of the highlighted ones. Well, we've heard on this program time and again from business people how important that is to get mm -hmm. done. Mm -hmm. Congress still hasn't voted on it or voted it through. Right. Do you have any commitments from anyone here in Washington to 
to get this to the president's desk soon? Well, we know that there's a lot of support for it, both in Congress, in the administration. Because it takes uh, time to Commerce scale Department, that up. Et yes, it does. It takes years. Um, and so we're collaborating right now, for example, with Intel. It's one of our partners in trying to drive what we call 21st century security into national defense. And we're going to need the most advanced processors, and we're going to need them to be customizable to defense needs as well. Mm -hmm. So having that domestic capability, again, to go all the way through production and mm -hmm. testing is going to be more important in the future than it is even today. You also make uh, F-35 fighter jets you reference there. Germany is yeah. now trying to buy them. I mean, you, you have a lot of buyers in Europe right now, potentially. Do you have enough workers to meet all of these requests? We have enough now, but we know, like, for example, in the F-16 line as well that we're building up in South Carolina, actually, um, we need more workers. And so we're recruiting heavily. Uh, we've got a very strong workforce in Fort Worth, Texas, where we make the F-35. So that production line is running just fine now. We've got sufficient employees there to do that. But in other parts of the country uh, and ultimately in Texas, we're going to need to actually hire more people. All right. Uh, thank you very much for giving us insight into your business. Glad to do it. Being here in person. We'll be right back. Okay, people. So that wasn't Meet the Press. That was from Face the Nation. Uh, Jim Tayclet, CEO of Lockheed Martin. And a couple things, a couple takeaways for me uh, from this is, oh, Margaret, happy Mother's Day to you. He just kicks it off pandering. Brown nosing, right? Selling you another war. Oh, we need this, this, and that. We need them. We need Congress uh, support to vote for more war, perpetual war. Let's keep building weapons. Let's keep building bombs. Hey, and we need some employees. You guys want to go get jobs? Uh, building weapons, going blowing the shit out of foreign countries around the world like we've always been doing, right? Yeah, go go uh, go uh, apply. South Carolina, Texas, you guys need jobs? Lockheed Martin and Raytheon are hiring. <laughs> uh, and this guy, Jim Tayclet, boy, he looks nervous in this clip. I'll put the clip in the show notes. He, he just has this sleazy, nervous, like he looks like he's just sweating under his suit. He can't believe he's on national television showing his face. And she even says at the end of the clip, thanks for being here in person. <laughs> they probably couldn't believe that he had the balls to show up. <laughs> People, I don't know how much more evidence I can provide that support my always consistent points. Another thing that caught my ear, when he was talking about microprocessors and semiconductors, what does that remind you of? Remember the airplanes? Commercial planes that mysteriously went down over Singapore with these scientists on board that apparently had this knowledge about semiconductors and microprocessors. Hmm. Seems conspiratorial. Some people were saying that that was Rothschild, big club, uh, controlled, conducted. They were behind it, allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. People, it's a brave new Orwellian surveillance police state order, totalitarian dictatorship that's coming. It is upon us. It's basically here. The 21st century. 
Strap on your seatbelts, people. Grab a beverage. It's going to be a bumpy, bumpy ride. (laughs) I love you guys so much. Thank you for listening. It's time to turn up the optimism and the fun, and let's play some punk rock. Alright people, welcome back. It's time to play some punk rock here in a sec. But before I get to the punk rock, I want to share a few more things with you. Adventures in predictive programming. (laughs) Today, I have a couple of examples that I have recently stumbled upon that are fantastic representations, illustrations, examples, if you will, that further support many of my always consistent themes and claims here on the Politics and Punk Rock podcast. This first clip is circulating on the social media. Uh, It's from a, a 1948 movie entitled State of the Union. And they're talking about one world government. And 1948, I mean, the TV must have just been invented. I didn't th- For some reason, I was thinking that television sets weren't uh, on the market for everyone to purchase until the 50s. So maybe this wasn't even a television show. Maybe this was a movie that they showed in theaters uh, at the time. I don't really remember. I could be wrong. Maybe the TV was invented before 1948. Who cares? But people, take a listen to, and it'd be interesting to find out who wrote this script and how this got into this movie. Uh, But here we go. Take a listen to this 1948 clip from the movie State of the Union. Give them the desire again for individual freedom. And I'm going to tell them that as long as dictatorships remain in the world, we better remain well armed. Because the next time, we're not going to get two years to get ready. They're going to jump us overnight. And I'm going to tell them that there's only one government which is capable of handling the atomic control, world disarmament, world employment, world peace, and that's a world government. The people of 13 states started the United States of America. Well, I think that the people of that many nations are now ready to start a United States of the world, with or without Russia. And I mean a United States of the world, with one Bill of Rights, mm-hmm. one international law, mm-hmm. one international currency, mm-hmm. one international citizenship. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell them that the brotherhood of man is not just an idealistic dream but a practical necessity if man is going to survive. A practical necessity if man is going to survive. As long as there are dictatorships in this world, we had better remain armed. These stories and themes I talk about here on my show, people, are not new. They are not invented. They are not 
uh, modern day conspiracy theory. These stories have been in the social consciousness for years and 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 years. Maybe not broadly, but they have been around and existed in the minds of maybe a select few enlightened, initiated individuals throughout history. Something to think about, people. Just very interesting. This stuff always seems to have a way to find itself, uh, find its way into film and movies and TV shows, propaganda, entertainments, a prison without walls, distracted by concessions and entertainments, creature comforts. Take a listen to this clip, uh, part two of this uh, brief segment, Adventures in Predictive Programming. <laughs> this is from the X-Files, the X-Files TV show about UFOs, you know, Fox and Mulder. Uh, and I stumbled upon this clip. I want to share it with you now. Take a listen to this. It's being subjected to a controlled experiment. Controlled by who? By the government? By a corporation? By reticulans? They've done it before. DDT in the 50s, Agent Orange, germ warfare on unsuspecting neighborhoods. Yes, but why, Mulder? Why would they intentionally create a populace that destroys itself? Fear. It's the oldest tool of power. If you're distracted by fear of those around you, it keeps you from seeing the actions of those above. <laughs> if you're distracted by the fear of those around you, it keeps you, what does he say? Not focusing on, not looking at the actions of those above you. And people, this is why I say, if you are a poor, lower class, formerly middle class person, here in the United States of America, and you still have faith in Republicans and Democrats, I highly recommend you start looking at libertarian ideas. Libertarianism is going to become the philosophy of the people in the 21st century, I suspect. I'm making that prediction right now. I think the 21st century is going to be the year that the ideas of liberty are going to come to the forefront and they are going to begin to thrive because generation after generation, some of us are chipping away at the bullshit power structures and systems of control of the past. Start with Murray Rothbard and Ron Paul and Harry Brown and Ralph Nader and Mises, etc. H.L. Mencken, Lysander Spooner, the list goes on and on. Go check it out. And disagree if you want, that's fine, but at least get those ideas in your head, people, because it's what's been lacking in your indoctrination, in your instruction. And you really need to know what those ideas are all about in order to be a well-rounded political person, adult, mature, pragmatic, cooperative, non-emotional, rational, connected citizen. 
Maybe not citizen, person, sovereign, individual. Okay? All right. Um, I want to end today by reading this little quick article I read in Reason Magazine uh, about what is going on with COVID again in China. And it is starting to get a little worrisome, especially because Bill Gates and Tedros of the World Health Organization are colluding and conspiring to take over total control of surveillance control and uh, pretty much all, you know, operational control of world health with regard to pandemic response, etc. Um... It's already pretty surveilled of uh, China. China's already pretty Orwellian level surveillance, social credit scores, uh, constantly monitored on te- through technology and surveillance. It's already happening in China. And now with the re-emergence of COVID, allegedly, oh God, COVID cases just so happen to be spreading in the middle of, you know, the midterms. It's, it's, it's such a joke, people. The more you see this stuff, it becomes so clear and so obvious too. But anyway... Listen to this. Under COVID lockdown, Shanghai's people are running out of food and medication while pets are getting killed in the streets. People are eating their pets, literally, in the streets of Shanghai, China, right now, people. As officials forcibly separate parents from their COVID-positive children, criticism of the CCP mounts. And this was by Liz Wolf for Reason Magazine. In Shanghai, which is three times the size of New York City, residents have been under strict pandemic lockdown since March 27th in some parts and since March 31st in others, with no end in sight. Having detected a huge surge in cases with more than 20,000 new cases being found daily, which isn't that unreasonable of a number considering how many people live in China. Uh, Chinese authorities locked the city of 25 million down, forcing residents into situations of extraordinary deprivation and subjecting them to brutal containment and control measures. I actually saw a video of these little boxes they're putting these kids in. It looks like child jail is what it looks like. It's sad and it is terrifying. With residents unable to leave their houses, food supplies are dwindling, and government workers attempting to deliver supplies to homes and apartments frequently failing to do so in a timely or consistent manner. You don't think this shit's all by design, people? People are running out of the medicines they need to stay healthy or alive. Some people experiencing medical emergencies have died after being turned away. Uh, They were unable to access care without negative COVID tests. They are not killed by COVID, but by the COVID control measures. The government response is nine times out of ten worse than the problem itself, people. Uh, Some of these reports were from a viral post on on the social media site Weibo in China. 
Due to strict containment and isolation measures in place for COVID-positive people, some mothers report being forcibly separated from their COVID-infected children by the authorities. Health authorities allege parents will be able to appeal this and seek permission to accompany their children to hospitals and isolation wards. (laughs) Yeah, I wonder how long that's going to take. There's only a billion or two billion whatever people. I don't even know if that number is correct. There's billions of people in China. Uh, it is unclear how this will actually imply, uh, apply in practice and whether this will end the brutal measure of separating parents from their young children. So people, where's the outcry uh, from you American uh, woke lefties out there? All you, all you border control bandits, all you uh, open borders people, oh, just let them in. Yeah, just let them in and let them let let it destroy even more so. I mean, if we're printing funny money already to pay for it, then sure, let them in, right? <laughs> why why are we paying taxes again? Can can someone please remind me? Why? Where can I get a statement? Can I get like an annual statement of where my tax dollars are being spent? I'd really love to see that. How come we don't get that? You ever ask ask yourself that, people? <laughs> Oh, God, I digress. In this country, it's not the virus that scares us, but the chaotic anti-COVID measures that have caused risks to the well-being of the elderly, the children, and companion animals, says Shanghai resident Lily Chen. She told Bloomberg, I now realize we can only rely on ourselves, not the government, to protect our own families. People... If you don't think that this can happen in the United States with the big clubs dismantling of the Bill of Rights and the Constitution, taking, usurping more of your individual personal freedom slowly but surely over time, you don't think this can't happen in the United States, especially in a world where Tedros and Bill Gates are going to be able to have surveillance and operational control of 198 member states of the World Health Organization. Keyword, World Health Organization. International Law. Universal Currency people. I know. I know. I know. I know exactly how you feel. It's crazy. Alex Turnbull uh, commented on the story, said the great leap forward from the discomfort comfort of your own home. Hunger drives people crazy. How can this continue? Those who do violate or attempt to violate state-mandated quarantine or lockdown are subjected to punishment, though it is difficult to know the full extent of that punishment due to the silence and aggressive censorship of the Chinese Communist Party. Keyword, communist. In other cities like Shandong, uh, which was also recently forced under lockdown, videos of harsh punishments have circulated. Disturbing video of COVID volunteers forcibly shaving someone who stepped outside of the house, uh, of their house, uh, etc. Some on social media uh, 
on the social media site Weibo suggests that the above could be a parody. Um, mm-hmm, of course, is that is that their that is that their uh, form of fact checkers? Oh, it's a parody. <laughs> While others elsewhere note that forcibly shaving only the left side is a callback to an insulting practice widely used during the Chinese Cultural Revolution. The CCP has a strategy of COVID zero, zero tolerance, zero freedom. And if you don't think that that is possible, eventually, here in the future United Socialist States of America, the USSA, that is coming. (laughs) Or maybe it's the United Communist States of America that uh, that the Democrats want. I don't know. I saw some guy, uh, some very, I forget his name. Ugh, I wish I knew his name right now. But I saw some uh, left-wing commentator uh, entitle one of his recent articles, Why Socialist Ideas Need to Come Back to the Forefront. <laughs> For what, the 79th time? Historically speaking, buddy, whatever your name is. Uh, He has a lot of interesting stuff that I haven't covered on the show. I don't know what his name is. I'll find out. I'll talk about it in the future. But anyway, all right, people, it's time. Let's, uh, Let's play some awesome punk rock. And today, I'm going to play for you a couple songs by the band Dudes Gone Rude. And I've been talking to the band on the old social media, and they gave me permission to play a couple of their songs today. And I love these guys. These guys are out of Lincoln, Nebraska. And I think you should go check them out. Dudes Gone Rude. Here is their first song. Making their debut here on the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. Here's Dudes Gone Rude with the song Understanding.
people that was dudes gone rude with their song understanding and i'm gonna play one more track from these guys today people my fellow americans i hope you're enjoying the show and i hope you will share your favorite episodes with all of your friends and spread the love and spread the word it's the only thing i ask of you good fine people If you like the show, please share the podcast. Go to the website, politicsandpunkrockpodcast.com. Buy a t-shirt. Donate to the show. Read the show notes. Uh, Send me an email, andrew4america1984 at gmail.com. If you want to chat, if you want to share some ideas, send me some proposals. You want to be a guest. You're a punk rock band and you want me to play your music on the show and talk about your band? Hit me up! Andrew4America1984 at gmail.com. Go check me out on Gab, Rumble, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Odyssey, BitChute, MeWe, YouTube. Here we go, people. Here's... Another song by the band called Dudes Gone Rude. Here's their song, Russian Roulette. I love you guys. We'll see you next time.
This has been episode 99 of the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast, entitled Truth Bombs. I hope you enjoyed the show today. I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Good night. We'll see you next time. This has been episode 99 of the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. Entitled Truth Bones. We'll see you next time.